This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 168 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, joined by Doug Hay, and we are updating an old episode today. Yeah, visiting, revisiting one of our favorites, and I think some of our listeners' favorites, too. It is that. Uh, it, it's it's something we've been talking about doing. We've we realized we've covered a lot of topics in the past, and a lot of them, our thoughts or opinions have changed on, or we've learned new things about, or we just have something new to say about. This actually isn't necessarily that situation so that we're playing our, our 15 rules to live by as you can hear i'm not my, my voice is not with me today uh, i lost it this weekend at the remedy atlanta event because i was practicing a brand new talk a lot and talking to lots of people but anyway so so that's why we were sort of forced to do this today but um it's a it's a favorite episode that people like and it's something we've been meaning to kind of augment which we're not going to do today but we wanted to put out in this episode where we talk about general rules uh to live by we we said we'd like to do some more episodes, like some running rules or some diet rules and different specific topic rules episodes. Uh, so I'd still like to do that. I think they'd be really fun because I know people have really liked this episode. It's one of really very few episodes that I've heard people say that they, that they listen to several times, uh, which, is, which is funny. My, one of my friends told me that, and then someone actually at The Remedy this weekend told me that, um, which is really funny because in the episode, we, you mentioned Jazz Hour, which we talked about recently on the podcast. I, I said it was going to disappear once you had a baby. Yep. Um, we mentioned that, and then we start talking about um, whether you should buy old jazz records or just stream them off of YouTube and not support local art anymore. And then make a joke about us that we would never run ads on our podcast and then say, but yeah, but this is an art or something, and, and nobody would listen to this stuff multiple times. They're meant to be listen, listening and thrown away. Uh, <laughs> Which is funny because this is the one episode I've heard people, people tell me that they listen to multiple times. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, it's the way um, it goes, I guess. It is. So I, you know, I think it's a good episode, and I think uh, I think it's a good one to replay. I do want to briefly recap Remedy before my voice runs out, and that uh, it was a really fun event in Atlanta. I went down there, spoke uh, alongside about fifteen other speakers, including well, I don't want to list a bunch of names because I'll I'll forget some good people and then I'll feel bad. Uh, but some of the highlights for me, or one of the highlights, was I got to cook at the end, there was a cooking competition where I got to be Jason Robel's partner. I was like his sous chef guy. And we were against David Carter, who was a former NFL player. He's now known as the 300 pound vegan, uh, and Brenda Davis. So that was, that was cool. I mean, how often do you get to, do you get to cook with a TV chef, right? Jason Robel had a, Robel had a show called how to live to a hundred, I believe on the cooking channel and an NFL player. So that was, it was a, it was a kind of surreal moment for me. Did you win? And, we did win. We, oh, we right. won the savory dish, and we tied the dessert dish. And nobody actually said, "Well, therefore, you guys win the overall competition." But uh, we know what we did. <laughs> well, congratulations! That sounds like fun. That is it. Was it like a like a mystery box kind of thing, or how did? Yep, it was Iron Chef style, where we saw the pantry. We knew what we had to work with ahead of time. But uh-huh. then, for each of the two different things, the savory and the dessert, there were three mystery ingredients that you would open a bag up and, uh-huh. and know. Clock gets set for twenty minutes, and and then the, you're off and running. What briefly? What were the dishes that you cooked? So the savory one, the mystery ingredients. 
uh, were fennel, shallot, no, not shallots, fennel, um, sorry, I'm blank. Oh, fennel, Brussels sprouts, and pumpkin puree. Ooh. And what we made was this mole sauce, a recipe that Jason actually had. So that was that was fortunate. But I guess when you when you're with someone like him, who who I guess has tons of recipes, he's bound to have one. Uh, so it was a mole sauce, and he he worked the pumpkin into the mole sauce, which was interesting. Served over quinoa and sautéed fennel and the Brussels sprouts and some other stuff. So that was really cool, good one. And then actually, I think the dessert was better, and so was the other team's dessert as well. They were we tied. Um, it was like a a crumb crust, a raw. Crumb crust, crumb crust made out of, I think it was, I think pecans were one of the secret ingredients. We also used dates, oh, oats, and, uh, coconut flakes were part of the secret ingredients. That went into our crust. And that fruit that I almost never eat that looks like a tomato, but it's like orange. I have Come on. no idea. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a common persimmons, which I've only had one time in my life. Uh, I think I ate one that wasn't very ripe and it didn't really taste like anything. It wasn't very good. So I, I kind of swore off persimmons after that. But these were really good. And, and once we cooked them, they got sweeter and, and worked really nicely on top of this little pie that had an, uh, a cashew cream type filling. So it was it was a pretty good dessert to put together in 20 minutes. Nice. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. It was fun. It was one of the highlights for sure. And, and I gave a new talk that was called uh, Seven Foods to Eat Every Single Day and How to Make Sure You Do, which was based off of... Uh, of the the blog post that I guess there was a blog post I wrote a long time ago that inspired this for me, but it, really none of the foods were the same because that that's a good example of a topic where what what we've we've covered before, but what, what I think about it has totally changed. So that was a good one. Uh, it was successful. People liked it a lot, which was which was always good and a big relief when I'd worked on it so hard. Um, and I met met a bunch of NME radio fans, which is fun. And I think I'm gonna put this call out again. I did it before. People need to start inviting Doug Hay of Nomi Athlete Radio to speak at their events. Yes, I they think, do. I think uh, I think people would appreciate meeting meeting you at at these, even if I'm not there. I think it I think it should be done. Oh, I appreciate that, Matt. Well, it's, not, it's nice that you're not leaving me out this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you got to babysit my son. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's right. While you were off. <laughs> Off doing Iron Chef type things, <laughs> I was throwing the football with your son, which was which was just as fun and rewarding, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and it was nice that you took him to a brewery. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> as all good babies. We, we we took. Uh, I was with my brother-in-law and my niece, and he had never taken his. The, I guess in Atlanta where they live, it, it's not a big common thing for everyone to bring their kids to the brewery. He was like blown away that there were all these kids running around. <laughs> he was like, what? I don't think it's common anywhere, but it is here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was good. And I don't think there's much else to say. We probably should just get to our episode here, Doug. Uh, I, I did listen to it, which was which was interesting. And I don't know. It, it's it's painful to hear yourself talk sometimes. And I feel it made me say, man, I need to slow down, which I've already forgotten to, to do. <laughs> um, but I'm going to make that a New Year's resolution. I'm going to become a better podcaster, better, a better, you know, vocal guy. I like that. Maybe oh, I someone, do that too. someone at the event was surprised that I was so small in person, and I was like, "What do you like? What do you mean? Why did you think I was large?" And uh, she said, "Well, because you have such a strong voice." Oh, but I've never, and I, I thought she meant like like figurative. I was hoping she meant figuratively, like that. Like I have, a, I'm a strong voice in the in the community. But uh, no, she she thought my voice was strong and would carry well or something. But I I didn't. I have never thought that at all. In fact, I've kind of thought the opposite. 
Well, you know, we, I, I crank up your volume on the, you know, when I do post, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> post production. So that's probably what it is. <laughs> Just to make me look good and yeah. powerful. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, and I've I've heard this before, and every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, man, I need to just slow down. But, um, you know, you get better. So anyway, it's still a hit episode, and I think it'll be good. Not too much else to cover. We talked a little bit about this magic of tidying up, and I was surprised I had kept it up for a month back then, and now it's been a whole year, which is something I wanted to revisit one day. And I've done it since then, too, right? That's right. Yeah, you were totally clueless about it when we talked about it here. Yep. Um. A couple of things. We one of our rules was not to listen to the news, and not even I, I said I didn't even pay attention to it. That is one that I have changed a little bit. I found a good a good email service that sends me a little daily digest of the news. Hmm. So I'm I'm somewhat more in touch and have been for the past six months or so. What what uh, digest is that? <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. I think it's I think it's really meant for women. <laughs> it's this the skim or the daily skim or something s k i m m. Okay. Have you, you heard of it, Doug? As a, as a man about news, <laughs> I have not. No. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's definitely written by women and geared towards women, but my, my female cousin turned me on to it and I'm, uh, it's, it's a nice little snappy way to get the news each day. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, uh, before my voice fails me more, we should get to this episode. We'll be back uh, next time with a little pre Thanksgiving pre, are we doing a holiday episode next week, Doug? I think so. Good. Are we? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. We'll yes. That, that was the plan. I think. Okay, good. Well, then that will be fun. I always enjoy those. Maybe we'll even crack a beer when we do it. Oh, I like it. All right. Well, enjoy the episode, everyone. Thanks for bearing with us while my voice comes back. Today, we're talking about our 15 rules to live by. Sounds sounds very official and authoritative. Well, there are rules that we stand by and we live by they are and we, and we were thinking like do we want these just to be our quirky sort of idiosyncratic rules that that are for us and like we're just sharing them with the world or is this like the stuff that we think people should live by if they want to you know do whatever get their life in order mm-hmm. live a live a meaningful good life and we think it is that we think it, it we didn't we don't want it to be just this is for us and probably doesn't apply to you uh this is i mean if if i was coaching someone and said and they said, "My life's terrible right now, and I need to need to start from scratch. Get it, get it, get it going." <laughs> what would you do? Here, this is my nine rules. I'd give them. Right. Okay. They're in the background here. And by the way, these are general. These are just life rules. We right. can so we can not do more running th- specific or yeah. Anything and like. we can definitely do more more of these episodes. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently that do these kind of rules things, and I really like them. I think they're really good. You get to know the people who give them, and you also get some good tips. So we could do a running rules or a food rules or something later on. Uh, these were pretty much much life rules, but but with that, you got to kind of assume there's like a background of already general goodness, right? So like, I don't have don't cheat on your wife as a rule, right? <laughs> but that is a rule that I live by. But I'm not, sure. I'm not putting that out here because it's just kind of a waste of a rule. I mean, I think we all hopefully live by that one. Uh, you know, eat eat vegan. I mean, everyone knows that that's that's a that's an ethical rule that I have. Right. Uh, so I didn't include that here, but of course there's all this sort of background stuff. So that was a little difficult for me separating that from like, what is the non-obvious rules here? That, yeah. So I guess if someone truly wanted to get their life in order, I would start with don't cheat on your spouse, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to be including that one here. Yeah. So, and, and we, I guess we should say these aren't, um, these aren't the only rules that we live by. Right. Of course. That's kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Many, many more. Yeah. These are the, the ones that we thought most most potent, perhaps. And, and most interesting for an episode of Nomad Athlete Radio. Yes, exactly. 
All right, so I've got a bunch. Doug, you've got a bunch. I don't know that we're going to agree on all of them, but we will We will see how that goes. Yeah. And uh, we do a 15 in all, and, and we'll see how it goes. All right. All right, so my first one, make your bed. Starts with the moment you get up in the morning. Uh, this I know this sounds kind of like a trivial, not a big deal rule, but I really think, and I, I first learned this from Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, mm-hmm. um, that you do this one simple act, and it actually is in you know scientifically linked to being happier and they look at these happy happiness research then make, making your bed is, is yes is actually one of these factors that goes into being happy wow um but i think it's just sort of a, a place to start kind of setting the tone for organization and then for me that's that's something i'm i tend to let slip if i don't have rules in place so a lot of these are sort of uh for some people they'll say that's overly restrictive as far as staying organized but i need to have them or i will will not stay organized so making okay. the bed is something that uh, aaron and i have started doing probably in the last five, six years, pretty consistently. Uh, nowadays, it's pretty much every day. One of us will make the bed before, you know, the day starts. Is it the last person when they, right when they get out of bed, they make the bed? That's kind of the rule. So, okay. so that's an incentive so to get incentive? up. <laughs> it, it okay. is. And sometimes like I'll get up and then Aaron will like get up just as I'm still kind of in the room and like then I got to go help. And, <laughs> but but we get it done and uh, and I think it's a really important one. Interesting. That's that's a good one. And that's something that we are not good at. It, really? Yeah. But, you know, I if, if I'm ever spending time in the room, so if, if we're getting dressed to go out, you know, for a big night or something like that, and you come into the room and the bed's already made, it yeah, just makes it's so it, nice. like, so much nicer. Yeah. It's it's one of those things for me, it's like, I feel like I always am, am thinking about one day when I'm a grown-up, I'm going to do this. Like, one day mm-hmm. when my life is in order, I'm going to do this. And I feel like you could you could be 60 and not be making your bed yet and still kind of being like, well, well actually one day when I'm growing up, I'm going to actually start making that all the time. Huh. So it was just like, we just said, let's do it. And and I really like it. All right. Um, well, my first one is, is pretty basic. Uh, and I think we can definitely agree on this one. And that is to move every single day. And that doesn't necessarily mean to run every day or to work out every day, but to get out, go for a walk, do some sort of exercise every single day. It's so good for your body. It's so good for your mind. And even when you're totally overwhelmed or, you know, Sunday was a great example. I was just, we had a party. I was exhausted all day, um, but I made a point to get out and move, and it just completely shaped or, can, you know, changed the way the rest of the afternoon went and mm-hmm. how I felt. And so I can't stress enough to move every single day and really every hour or, like, hour and a half. If you can go up and, like, do, you know, five minutes of stretching or push-ups or something like that. Yeah. I, I like that, and I agree with it. I can't say I have enforced it in my life that much. Like, when I go through these running slumps, a lot of times I'm just not doing anything. Yeah. But I totally understand the benefits, and, and I think it makes that is a good one. And, yeah. and a good first one from you, because you, you're clearly someone who does that. Yeah. And if you can do it outside, that's even better. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, much as I don't like going outside, it, it is good. It's good <laughs> to get out there. It's right. good for you. Not just, like, to appreciate nature, but... There's lots of good things that happen for you. Yeah. I went, I went back and forth about whether that should be get outside every day or move every day. I went with the <laughs> so move, but really, if you can move outside, then All right, knock it good. out. So for me, that would be a sort of a should do. Like, I don't always feel like doing that. I think you probably feel like doing that. You do that, that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe your fun thing for the day. Um, so I, I agree with you. you should, some sort of exercise should be done every day. For me, that's often like a, a should, like a thing to do, like that I should do. I also think, and this is my my or our third rule, I guess, uh, is that you should every single day do something that is just for you. That is, that is fun for you to do. It should be nurturing. Like, I don't think, I don't think drinking three beers should be your thing to do just for you. That's fun. Uh, it should be something that is 
you know, in some way you could make the argument this is a pretty good thing for you. Yeah. Um, this in my my wake up book, the very first thing that I tell people to do, the very first assignment is just create this new sort of anchor habit. This this thing that you do, where when everything else might not be going that well, you, you know, and you you're strapped for time and you can't fit anything in. You carve out this space to do one thing every single day that is just for you. I think it should be probably the same thing so that you can actually start to see yourself improve at it or start to just get into the routine of doing it. Yep. For me, for the longest time it was reading, I would make sure that I absolutely carved out half an hour or an hour every single morning to read a book and would just do that. And it was my thing that I did and it kept everything else going. Uh, more recently for me, it has been practicing the drums. I make sure every single day I go play that for half an hour upstairs um, and like, not for any real reason other than it's fun to do. And like, I'm trying to get better at it, of course, but I really think that you, that that sort of foundational thing can often pave the way for so much other stuff. Like if you're just at a point where you feel like you need things to change and just, you just, you're just in a rut. That's, I think where you start, start giving yourself that enjoyment every single day. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And that, that kind of segues into my next one, which is um, something that I've, I've mentioned on the podcast before. And that is, I'm I'm calling it jazz hour. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's it's something. It's basically an hour every single day, where we turn off screens, we turn off any sort of major distractions other than music, um, and and just be. You know, we're either you know just sitting and talking or sitting and um, you know cooking or or whatever it is. But we're just taking this time away from everything and kind of setting stepping out of it even reading or you know because oftentimes the stuff i read is somewhat work related or it triggers that side Mm -hmm. of my brain um you know and trying to step away from all that so that's something my wife and i do almost every single night definitely during the week um and it doesn't have to be jazz hour but you know some this time this hour every evening to kind of release everything and and step away from the day yeah i liked it a lot having two kids i can really appreciate that the value of that I mean, it's some, <laughs> might like, be impossible like, <laughs> i mean that's that's what disappeared when we had kids you know yeah. like i think we did used to like we, aaron and i would cook dinner together and and mm-hmm. while that wouldn't you know we wouldn't say this is jazz hour that we're doing now right it it, it served that purpose so yeah. that that disappeared when we have kids and i have often noticed when it's like whatever 5 p.m or 6 p.m and it's just things are crazy i'm like god it was so much better when we just had the quiet time for a little bit. Sure. Uh, so I think creating that is really good. And we actually have had, it's not without screens, because we, we got this like ballet DVD, and, and my daughter has been doing that sometimes. And then my son will listen to a book on tape, and Aaron and I will actually cook dinner again. Yeah. So that, even though there are screens and audiobooks in play then, uh, it ha- kind of has been our our jazz hour. Yeah, will. well, I appreciate so that. So I, yeah. I like that. I think it's really important. Plus, uh, it's, a, it's a great excuse to buy a bunch of old jazz records so you can... <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to buy. You just go on YouTube. You can play them. That's, oh yeah, that's what I do so now. There's no reason to support little... independent art anymore. You just <laughs> oh no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are often ads in the YouTube videos, and I hate that. Yeah. All right. Not that we would never run an ad in our podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but this isn't art. This is not a bad thing. This isn't a classic jazz album, right? This is a stupid nobody athlete podcast. Throw away. Make it. Listen to it once, and then it's done. <laughs> you don't think people repeat our episodes over and over? I, maybe this one they will. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of kids, I've got another one here that's only going to apply to kids, people. But for me, this is one that that we absolutely like. I was thinking, how many things do I actually have that literally happen every single night? That like are right. non-negotiable things that happen all the time. And uh, one of them is reading to kids every single night before bed. Hmm. So it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes, but 
either me or my wife will go and put the kids to bed every night. And every night that is, you know, not a five minute like good night process, but uh, but 30, 40 minutes of read a story, lay down with a little bit, put it in bed. And I just think, and now it's with two kids, it's a story to each kid because they're kind of not at the age where they can appreciate the same story very easily. Mm-hmm. So it's always this thing in the night that it's like we finished dinner and like somebody's still got to go do that. It's not, you're not relaxed, you're not done for the night. You got to go do this, but it's it's nice. Uh, but I think it's just such an important thing. I've, that's apparently one of the one of the things that is is causes kids to basically do better in life is is if they are read to when they are yeah. younger. No, so, I think so it's just and being a big reader myself, my wife's also a big reader. It makes sense, but it's just it's a very good way to make sure there is that consistent time with the kids when there's all this other busy stuff going on. That is that is dedicated them time. Yeah, I like that a lot. So what do you? Because they share a room, right? So how do you mm-hmm. read one story? What does the other one do? just sits there kind of patiently oh, so we nice. start with with our daughter and the older one holding he'll just kind of hang out and so he actually gets to appreciate both stories that's good I like <laughs> it that. is good yeah. yeah it's it's sometimes bad i mean they get in trouble up there sometimes there's yelling there's there's all kinds of things <laughs> but but some you most of the time it's good why don't you give it give another one all right i got another one that's just totally unrelated um this is not diet and food rules as we said so i left those off of here because i've got a bunch of them we have that episode. I, the blog post was called 10 Guidelines for Eating Healthier Than Ever. Uh, I don't know what the name of our podcast episode was. Do you happen to know that, Doug? I don't. Okay. We'll, we'll keep thinking about that. Um, we'll definitely put, put it in the show notes. But that's kind of our food rules post. Uh, but we might, we might do another one. Anyway, this is unrelated to food eating. But when it comes to food, and applies to much more, no preaching and no dogma. So I don't... I, I mean, anyone who knows about No Meat Athlete knows that I'm not at all into telling people that they should eat this way, that, that this vegan diet is for them, and if they're not doing it, then, you know, they're terrible people, and they're going to get cancer, and they're not doing anything good for the planet. Or that. Like, i just happy to give people lots and lots of examples. And when I do interviews, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the message of someone oftentimes who does believe and think that way, and mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm happy to, happy to share that, but personally, I'm not one to tell people what they should be doing or what's right for them. Uh, that's been the biggest turnoff for me. And, you know, and also like no dogma, like, I just mean, kind of question things like don't, I don't ever get so, I mean, look, I'm vegan for ethical reasons. Um, but I constantly am fighting the urge to only listen to the scientific studies that promote veganism or that are pro vegan, you know, like, it's very easy to just start believing that and get yourself in this hole where like, you know, you become a fundamentalist and you just can't consider that there might be that you might be wrong about something. That right. maybe it's not the healthiest diet in the world, right? I mean, and, and I think it is, but I think it's good to leave open the possibility that you could be wrong and that you can learn something sure. from something that says something that you don't believe. So that's really important to me. That's that's also probably why I'm not religious. I just don't like kind of accepting things based on faith alone. I want to, you know, remain, remain skeptical, be open to different ideas. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. And that's uh, that's a good one for me to hear right now and and everyone everyone to hear i think um i've noticed recently and katie pointed this out to me last night that i've been making more comments about veganism to to people that i know well you know not to like right strangers but i'll like make jokes about giving you know and kind of give them a hard time or something like that and i don't know where where that's coming from i'm not saying you shouldn't feel strongly about a cause and shouldn't stand up for it right like Mm -hmm. i'm people will interpret this i think as being spineless and afraid to stand up for something Mm -hmm. um I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just I, I I never get to the point where I believe in something so strongly that I that I, you know, want to push it on people. But I guess that's what we're doing with these rules, right? I'm giving people here's yeah. here's what I think I do believe in, and this is, I don't know. So, 
<laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I, I mean, I do that too. I make, I make jokes to my dad about that he should be vegan or he's going to have a heart attack. But like, yeah. I don't know. He knows it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next one is to show gratitude every day. Um, and I, you know, I think that gratitude is one of those things that is so easily forgotten or neglected um, that we that we get so caught up in our lives and the stressful parts of our lives and the busy parts of our lives that we forget to take a step back and be thankful for the people around us, the the, the shelter over our head, the food in our bellies, um, and all the all the real you know gifts that we have every day. Um, and and I think that that that's that's a really important part of, of being happy with what you have in, in your life is is being able to appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that you do have. So, um, you know, I, I do a gratitude exercise every evening, um, and I think that that's a great way to kind of wrap up a day and and you know and to reflect on on the the good things that happened, even if the day was particularly stressful or or not all that good. Do you think that that doing it in the form of an exercise, because that's something that I've done as well many times, having you know been convinced, and there's science again behind this and happiness. Gratitude sure. is an emotion that if you experience it often, you're going to be happier. Mm-hmm. So it's not a totally self selfless activity to, no, to be grateful, right? Because you because yeah. you get rewards from it. Uh, and there are many other exercises too, like you know forgiveness, another very good one to experience, and and you become more happy by feeling that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've mentioned this before. There's a good a guy named Vishen Lakhiani who has something called. Uh, six phase meditation if you google that that has you kind of run through these these six really empowering emotions and it's it's not a meditation because you're not your mind is not quiet you're, you're intentionally thinking about things uh but it's a really nice morning routine that i used to do for a lot i mm-hmm. uh, would like to get back to anyway my question though do you think that putting it into an exercise like that that you're kind of cramming your gratitude into this one corner of the day and say i'm going to do this for this five or ten minutes yeah. does that flow into the rest of your day or kind of spill over into the rest of the day uh, or if it doesn't, is it okay that you were just saying like, here's my dedicated time to be thankful and the rest of the time I'm not going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think it does is it it forms the habit and the mindset of, of that gratitude. And and for me anyway, and I think for probably most people, and this, this goes not just with this exercise, but a lot of exercises, is if you're not in the habit of, of thinking about something like that, um, and then you, you start doing it in the evenings, then it will automatically start seeping into other parts of your day and, you, and you'll start appreciating things and maybe making note of it. You're like, oh, that could be one of my gratitudes for tonight. But, uh-huh. then, but then you're kind of feeling it in that moment um, and, and it, you know, it, it's spreading itself out and it becomes much less of, of the routine than it is a part of who you are in, in your daily life. So gotcha. you know, it starts as that one little piece, but then kind of seeps out. Yeah. I like the tip of... of uh notice it like be on the lookout throughout your day so that you yeah. can remember this during the next i've never really done that but that's that would kind of have you on the lookout for it yeah yeah good all right so my next two go together uh they're about different topics but they're the same sort of uh idea so the first one is be pretty relentless or ruthless about throwing out stuff that you don't need or don't use or you know even have some sort of emotional attachment to uh I'm not saying you need to be minimalist and only have 50 or 100 things because I've I've tried that and that has added more stress than it took away because I just started to like, you know, start to resent people for having stuff, the kids for having junk around, my wife for having more stuff than I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying you need to do that. For some people, that's great. But I've noticed such a different difference in the way I feel throughout the day in my work, in my, you know, my motivation to like 
make other changes to myself since I've kind of cleaned out all my stuff in January. And that's something I was much more committed to it a few years ago and really did love how it felt, kind of got away from it. Um, but it, it's definitely been a, a big, I mean, my life in the past five years versus before that, the amount of stuff I've kind of had around me day to day has been almost nothing. Like besides what's here in this office, I have drums and I have my, my clothes, but like I don't have any other personal stuff. There, there's just nothing else that's just mine. And I really like that. It, it to me feels really good not to have an attic full of junk that I just know is there because I feel like it just kind of takes up some little space in your mind unless you're really good at forgetting about it and just not not caring. But uh, I think if you can if you can just relentlessly throw out stuff, including Rock Creek Runner hats, if you get two of those and you only need one. Uh, so there are things you know it's a gift from someone. It feels hard to give it up, but mm-hmm. but you just do it. You you cut it loose. I think that's a really, really good thing to do. Uh, and the book that I read this year that really I, I liked a whole lot was The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, very, very popular book. But I did not expect it to be life-changing. I thought it was just going to be a nice physical thing, but it has really made a difference for me this year so far. I did it for the first four days of the year, kind of just purged and organized and all this stuff. And I've stuck with the system, which I didn't really expect because that's a month is a long time for me to last with some kind of organizational system. And I felt myself making all kinds of different changes and trying to do different things. And we're, we're not eating oil this month. I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but I'm not drinking any alcohol this month. Uh, I am going to have a guy on the podcast soon who kind of inspired me to do that. Uh, but it's just lots of, lots of stuff. Lots of motivation has come from that. And I think that's, that's the important thing here is that it's not just a physical thing. You, you don't have that much stuff around you, all this clutter, get rid of it. And I think it kind of creates space for you to want to grow in a non-physical way. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. And I understand that. I um I haven't done any sort of, uh, you know, but you guys don't have a lot. Of, like you guys don't have a lot of. You're already pretty minimal in, in the amount of stuff you have. I mean, I like to think we don't have too much. <laughs> we definitely have a junk closet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a. Uh, that's kind of crazy right now. But you know, that has like all our camping stuff. See, this is where I struggle with that exercises. You know, we have a lot of of activity things. You know, mm-hmm. bicycles and a ton of camping gear and stuff like that that doesn't get used every day you know it certainly doesn't even get used every month um especially the camping stuff but you know but there are certain times every year when it's good to have that kind of stuff yeah certainly but but i guess some of it if you it depends how serious you are about stuff but like you could you could rent a tent every year sure and then you you can figure out whether that space mentally and physically Mm -hmm. in your in your head and in your house is worth 50 bucks a year whatever it costs you to rent a tent which is probably less than 50 bucks for for a crappy right. tent right um but anyway so that that's that's i guess the counter argument there mm-hmm. um and, and there are lots of things that you sort of like you hang on to because you think well i might need that one day right but if you if you kept all if you so if you just say i'm going to throw out all the things that i say i might need one day like sure you are going to need one of those one day but if you think of the other 300 that you threw away that you didn't need, sure. it's it's worth the, the cost yeah. of having to go buy that again or rent it again or whatever. So, Yeah, I think that is an especially important uh, exercise with clothes. Yes. Uh, because it is so easy to accumulate just a ton <laughs> yeah. of clothes. And, it and absolutely is. There's nothing more stressful to me than a jam-packed uh, dresser drawer or something like that. And they my all my dresser drawers are <laughs> jam-packed with, you know, like... My race, my, my running clothes drawer is just right. full of the, all these shirts that I don't need. You know, I need at most five or six, right? right. Totally. Um, yeah. So that that's that's the value, of it. And, and that's where you will throw away the most stuff. I threw away a ton of clothes, and I thought I was already pretty good about that. But I threw away yeah. like more than half of the stuff I had 
Mm. You just, my drawer's not used to see them. The way, there's like a folding method here. So now all the clothes are folded and they sit on end in the drawer. Uh-huh. So they're not, not laying flat in piles, but they're on ends. So you open up and you see all these different colors. Really, it's a nice setup. <laughs> it's, really, it's really nice. So I, nice. Really, to me, I that's like, it. like making the bed. That becoming part of your daily, the thing you see, mm-hmm. rather than clutter or messiness or whatever, I think it really has a big impact on how you, how you are throughout the day. Would you say if someone wanted to do this, would you say that the workspace, their workspace is kind of the first place to start? Where would you say is the most important place I mean, this particular book, and it, it's been really good, she, she kind of has you start with clothes because mm-hmm. she says that's the easiest stuff to get rid of. That stuff, there's not much attachment with that. I mean, right. there's a little bit, but it's not, it's not sentimental gifts from people, a lot of it, and, or things that you just can't get rid of. And there are a few. And then she says books because that's second most easy to get rid of. Right. The very last thing you do is sentimental items, like you know things your kids have made, all this kind of stuff. But you kind of get better and get used to doing it. Uh, I think there's tons of different approaches. I, I've heard that start with one room at a time, start with one space at a time, and move out gradually. But her thing is more like do it all at once and and the opposite of the small steps approach. Basically just do it all at once so that you can really feel the change so that you won't ever go back. Cool. So I, I don't know where – I'm by no means an expert on that stuff. I keep following different systems, and uh, I don't know what's best. All right, so my, my companion one to that – is uh, a time management thing. The exact same philosophy with time management, basically. Be relentless about the things that you choose to have, especially the commitments that are kind of standing commitments in your life, uh, the things you you say yes to and, and agree to do when someone asks or someone else tries to get you to do something, um, or the things that you, that you yourself are just committing to for your own sake. Like, be really relentless and ruthless about the ones that you allow to keep in your life. Because I've realized that if I have a given workday and... Someone wants to do a call for an hour or lunch for an hour or coffee for an hour. I mean, in that workday, half of that day is going to be me taking care of email, doing other stuff, dealing with distractions, which you try to avoid, but they happen. So, like, I only have this few good amount of hours. So if you think I have eight hours and I can easily blow off one and have coffee with this person. Mm-hmm. But if I think I probably only have three real actual hours where I get hard, good work done. Right. And if I'm getting rid of one of those then that that to me becomes a really costly thing especially when i think of that hour is like i could stop work early and hang out with my family that time sure so i've started to kind of realize what is the true cost of taking an hour or whatever to do just stuff that you're not that interested in doing mm-hmm. um so that that's i do not have a good time management system at all i've never been able to get one it's it's on one of my things that i'm trying to do it's on my to do to do list um which is kind of ironic there doug see to to do list had that's a time management system in itself but mine has that right. on it. <laughs> so that's something I'm trying to do. But if I've got a time management system, it's this, the Derek Sivers is the guy who made, made up this phrase. It says, hell yeah or no. And like, if it's, if it's not a hell yeah, the, the, whatever the, the proposition is that you want to do, then it's a no. So it's gotta be like, you gotta be really, really into it in order to do it. Uh, can't say that's like my day-to-day decision criteria, but more and more that's, that's become how I do make decisions. And I think that's kind of, I was trying to think, what is my rule for like, you know, why why did I have to quit my job? Why could I not do a normal job and have to go do my own thing? And like, it's that sort of attitude is what caused that. So I don't have a rule for like, don't work for somebody else, have your own, because that's that's not for everybody. But I think for me, it was it was a matter of like, I have to really really be into spending eight hours a day doing something if I'm going to do it for that long. Right. So for me, it was kind of if it's not hell yeah, like, which which anything that was working for someone else was, then or was not, then then it's a no. So, I get that. Okay. I'm going to kind of counter it here. Okay. But Go first, I think we should pause for a brief 
second to thank our sponsors. Let's do it. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health conscious lifestyles. Matt, with our baby on the way, Katie and I have recently been in the market for life insurance. What I found while filling out the information requested by different insurance companies is that for the most part, all they're interested in is whether or not I smoke and our family health history. They never asked about my lifestyle, my diet, or exercise. Then I found Health IQ. They use science and data to negotiate for lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including vegans, runners, and more. Research has shown that vegans have a 15% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 22% lower risk of colorectal cancer, and 34% lower risk of female-specific cancer. Health IQ has special rates on life insurance that reward us for everything we do. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat, one word, to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Okay. So. Hell no or yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> hell no. If it's not or a hell yeah. no, then it's a yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, mine, mine is to never pass up an invitation to go grab a beer. Okay. And there's, there's a little asterisk here because... It doesn't have to be a beer. It could be anything. I'm not saying everyone should drink beer. Um, mm-hmm. And but but really, the the spirit of this rule is that there are so many things that we have going on, and so many things we value as as really important. Um, you know, when it comes to work, and when it comes to working out, and all these things like that, that we don't take enough time to step back and just sit and enjoy a, a drink or a conversation with with someone and especially if it's just one-on-one with people we have so you know so much time on our screens and so many time with all this input that we that we don't have this one-on-one time with people and these conversations these long-form conversations with people anymore and i think that there's a ton of value in that Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't want to do it and sometimes you might not even think you really like that person i mean you might not know them but I just, I, you know, I, I have gained so Are you much. Are Nomad Athlete Radio episodes, Doug? Is that, what, is that your hour? Where you <laughs> yeah. First and you don't like that much? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we, used to, we used to have beer with our episodes sometimes. We don't really do that anymore. No, we might again one day. Um, but, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I, there have been so many times that I have gone and done that and, and been so appreciative or so glad that, that I ended up having that beer or sharing that hour with, with someone when I wouldn't have necessarily wanted to go in the first place. Very rarely, it's kind of like a run. Very rarely do I end a, you know, end a, a hangout with somebody, with one-on-one with someone, um, and regret it. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I appreciate that. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I, I often do feel that way. I, I think I would still always choose to do something by myself. <laughs> if I, like... If I if you could include never say no to the idea of having a beer by yourself, <laughs> it doesn't sound so good. I I'd be more on board. I feel like now and then you got to step back and just take that time yeah. that isn't work, that isn't any should do. Kind of like what I said about do something just for you. That, right. That's a, and and I guess maybe this is maybe for you that is it just for you. Well, I mean no, it's it it is in a way and it's not in a way. Um, it you know I think of that that running my my solo running as kind of the thing that is just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is for me, but it's also for the other person. It's also kind of just for creativity. It's good for you yeah know, community. It's good for so many things. Um, and and the other the other asterisk was that I wanted to make sure I wasn't that people understand that I'm not saying you should always have another beer. 
<laughs> so if, if you're ha- if you're out and someone's like, oh, just stick around for another beer. That you can say no to. That you can say no okay. to. I, I like that. And I think I, I've noticed that, I mean, I know that that's one of the things I wish I was better at. And like when I read that Blue Zones book last year, I, I took away from that the idea of how important uh, interaction with other people is to your sense of meaning and belonging and purpose and all that. Mm-hmm. And I have tried to make an effort since then to, to be more into that. Because my, my tendency is you know why do with someone else what you could just do by yourself i mean it's, it's like right you know and with running and everything and there are lots of places where I, I do do better that way but i think you're absolutely right it, it is it is always surprising to me how how much fun those sorts of things are yeah uh, especially when it's just with friends and not a work thing because right. a lot of times it's work coffee someone's coming through or someone who you know works on a brand that is just tangentially related to what we do and says hey i'm in Asheville," and a lot of people come to Asheville because it's a place people come sure. and they want to have coffee and I've kind of started like weaseling out of those. So maybe you'd make an exception when it's kind of a work college. Yeah, not, yeah. Not I'm, like not, a I'm not necessarily talking about that. Um, yeah, I'm more of a more of just a uh, hangout is really what I'm talking about. Good, I like it. Good. Well, I'm glad. I didn't. I kind of when I wrote that one down, I didn't think you would. Like yeah, that. I mean, it's it's sort of opposed to mine, I guess. But but you're right. That that does surprise you often as being a, a fun way to spend an hour. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is probably my only one that is not going to be for everyone. Well, I mean, because <laughs> all the other ones are clearly for everyone. They can have no argument. Um, no, this is the one that is maybe unique to me. Um, it, actually, it's not that. But <laughs> it's the very first thing I do when I get up is is this exercise called morning pages. And I've talked about that uh-huh. on this podcast before. Haven't always stuck with it, but I'm back on it. And in the past three years, I've probably been on it you know, two thirds of the time where first thing I do when I get up before I make a cup of coffee, before I talk to anybody, especially because you don't want to be talking to people and kind of entering into this, you know, brainwave state where you're wide awake. You want to be just out of sleep and, you know, you're feeling all the thought feelings you feel at the beginning of a day and you get sit down with three pages, three pages of paper and you just write until they are filled. Yep. And you write whatever you think about, whether it's a journal of what you did yesterday or whether it's just random phrases that are popping into your head you just get it out on paper and it's such a good for me way of organizing my thoughts and just mental kind of cleansing and you sweep out all the corners of your mind because after two pages you're like you don't have anything else to write Mm -hmm. uh it takes 20 25 minutes and it's just it's been really good for me to have a morning ritual that is a reason to get up because i try to get up now and do that before the kids are up and making noise and there's tv and whatever else so that's become my reason to get up um when the alarm goes off so that I just absolutely love that exercise and would highly, highly recommend it. The reason I'm certainly not not unique is it's from the book The Artist's Way, which is you know very, very popular book. So I'm not the only one who does this. Uh, but I also think there are some people who will try this and be like, I'm never doing that again because that was that was not for me at all. So that's what I mean when I say it's it's maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, do do you think really it's bad. something that um, maybe takes some time to, to fully understand or get? Uh, I think it probably takes a while to get start to get the benefits from it. Mm-hmm. But from the very first time I did it, I was like, wow, this is actually really fun. And I'm, I, you know, I'm seeing my thoughts become more organized because I'm just taking the time to write things down on paper and not have them bounce around in my head. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think it would be for everyone. I think some people would try it even for a week and be like, this is not a good use of my time. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's, it's just, it's a lot like meditation. So I'm much more inconsistent with actual meditation this is a pretty good stand-in for that. I think it good. really does does do that. So highly recommended, uh, even if it's not really a rule. It's my rule. <laughs> All right, I got two more rules. Okay, that's how many I have. 
Great. All right, so my next one is to uh, make everything a part of play. Mm-hmm. So the... Or make play a part of everything. Uh, make play a part of everything. That, that's that's what that's a better way to phrase it. <laughs> okay. So you know, to take a playful approach, um, or even a childlike approach in some in some cases, to basically everything you're doing, whether that's work or you're running, um, or your family time or what, whatever it is, to make play a part of that that routine. So have fun with it. Let loose. You know, quit taking everything quite as seriously as as you may you may be inclined to do. I think that's a really, really good rule. One that's difficult to follow. Yeah. Difficult to remember to follow it in your life. Uh, but if I look at people who, to me, are clearly really happy people, that's that's what they do. They're they're just playful and everything. Nothing bothers them. They are just they, this whole thing is a big fun game for them, <laughs> and they they appear to me to be more happy than anything anybody else. Uh, there's a book called Play It Away that I read last year on this same subject, just making... It's like he was saying, one of his good examples was like, next time a grown-up wants you to go have coffee with them, suggest instead that you go to the park and play catch, like with, with baseball. <laughs> and, and like, that's what kids would do. No kids yeah. are going to go sit at a table and talk. Right. They're going to they're gonna go play catch and talk or, or whatever else way beyond... Even that, even that's kind of lame as far as kids' activity would be. <laughs> right? They could think of way worse things than that. Go yeah. jump dirt bikes off ramps or something. Like, but I think it totally makes sense, right? <laughs> Having coffee, like that being our idea of a fun moment out is so lame. I, I like it, but like, yeah. when I think of it that way, like, why not do more fun things? Next time all those people come and ask you to have coffee and they come I, to Ashley, I should do that. You, should, you should be like, hey, I don't, I don't want to have coffee, but I'll go to the amusement park. If you like. <laughs> Probably a good way to avoid those meetings. Yeah. Everybody be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. Go to the batting cages. Or batting something. cages, yeah. Miniature golf, go kart rides. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. I like it. I like it. All right, good. Some more play. Mm-hmm. Um, on a not at all related note to that, I don't think in any way is this is a really important personal development rule. I, I talk a lot about personal development and goal setting. I didn't even put goal setting in here because there are a lot of times when goals are not the right fit for me, and when I do have them, they just add stress. Uh, but I think of all the personal development stuff that I've read and listened to, the, the one rule from that that has stuck with me more than anything else is to take responsibility for as much stuff as you possibly can in your life. And I don't mean like when something bad happens, you step up and say, I'm responsible for that. Because that, that is a, a sort of a leadership element, and you expect any coach or you know player to, to do that, uh, or president or you know anything else in, in real life. Um, but in your head... You can either be blaming stuff all the time and say, "Well, I'm this isn't happening for me because of this and this and mm. this," or you know, "I'm mad because this person did this." If you just get to the mindset of whatever happens, I'm responsible for it. So even if it's like a random event, I think it's an empowering mindset to say, "In some way, I made that happen to myself." You know, like I don't know, and and the new age types they do think that they right? they think thoughts become things. I don't know if I if I really believe that, but I think it's an empowering thing often to believe. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if if when the flood happened to my house, right? And it was it was terrible. In some way, for me, it was good to think. Well, maybe I'm responsible for that because I didn't think to turn off the water before we left. And by feeling that bit of responsibility, next time I go on a trip, we will turn off the water <laughs> in our house, right? So, like, or I could just instead blame it and say, "Well, that's too bad. I can't believe God did that to me, and I'm just pissed off now." Mm-hmm. So, I think the more you can just step up and even if in your head not out in public but just say 
in some way I'm responsible for that and what can I do to make that not happen again? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that a big part of that is is by taking responsibility, you can take action to prevent it next time. Instead of having to dwell on it, you can let it go because right. you, you have a you have a plan or you have some, some way to uh, to move on from that. Yes. Um, and I, I do think there are some people maybe for whom maybe it'd be too much or if, or if the thing that has happened is so bad so i i don't know i don't know at what extreme this stops i haven't experienced thankfully any sort of tragedy to the point where mm-hmm. i've said it would be better if i didn't feel responsible for that event right. maybe there is that point i don't know what it is uh but i think for almost all day-to-day stuff you can have that mindset and and it will will help you rather than you know as opposed to the alternative of blaming someone else or something else or something external uh if, if you go around with the idea that you you were the reason your life is the way it is in in whatever mm-hmm. aspect I tend to think that's a, a really good thing. Yeah, as long as you can let it go. I think blaming yourself and and yeah, if you're someone who feels tons of guilt about that kind of stuff right. and and beat yourself up over it and and doesn't spin that around to say, well, then I'm going to do this differently, but right. but instead just gets worse and worse and depressed about it, then then no, it's maybe it's not for you. But yeah. in that case, maybe you can you, you can go work on some other things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. My What's final next? one is to have a plan. And what I mean here is, uh, and this kind of goes into everything, it goes into my work, it goes certainly into my running, um, and just, you know, life in general, to have to, to think through uh, where you want to be, where you want to go, and, and the steps it takes to get there. And you don't always have to stick to that plan, that plan can always change, it's always a little fluid. Um, but to, to have a plan that you can that you can follow so that you so you know you're on the right track so that you know that you're making progress you're not stuck in that um, that comfort zone that mm-hmm. you know mediocrity um, but you have a way to continue on and continue progressing I think that is really good and another one of the things it's easy to spend a couple of years of your life and not have that and sure it just, it's so easy not yeah. to have a plan it definitely is and I think it, that's kind of related to goal setting that, that you should have something you are aiming for rather than just saying i'm going to take what life gives me and just make the best of it yeah uh it really i mean there's so many metaphors and you know stories and things about why you just that, that kind of demonstrate the power of goals i have one myself that just happened yesterday mm-hmm. so i've been going to the gym every morning my wife and i and she's joined me in the program so every morning we do this bigger leaner stronger workout for her it's thinner lean, leaner stronger this guy named michael matthews who i'm gonna try to get on our podcast by the way um <laughs> But Monday through Friday, <laughs> Monday through Friday, we go to the gym. It takes us, I don't know, between an hour and and seventy minutes. None of this is really that relevant to the story. <laughs> Yesterday, I had to do a set of pull ups. Wide grip pull ups. Had to do them to failure, which also is the exercise you couldn't do, right? Isn't that <laughs> yeah. a bit of trivia? Doug, a while ago, could not do a pull up. Uh-huh. Have you changed that yet? Uh, well, I haven't tried again, but I have been doing a lot of upper body strength. So I bet you, so could, I'm I bet sure you could. I can. Okay, good. So. It's it's an exercise in this program, this particular one. I I forget actually, <laughs> I forget how many reps I was supposed to do. But for in my head, it was I have to do this till till I fail, mm-hmm. right? So it's and and most of the exercises aren't this, but pull ups. You know, I can only get whatever eight of them or something. So it, so it may as well be to failure. Whatever the reps are, I'm just I'm doing it till I can't do anymore. Yesterday I did that, but I knew I was going to go till I failed, and yet I found myself looking to see what I did the previous week. Because I knew that that was the number that I had to get in my head. And I thought, what a good example of you know, why goals are helpful, right? Because I could have just jumped on that machine and gone until I didn't feel like doing anymore. 
Or I could have an actual target in mind of what I got the previous week. And, and every other week after that, I could keep doing this routine. So if you take someone and you said, do pull-ups to failure, but don't, every week do a set of pull-ups, do them to failure, but don't keep track of how many you're doing. And then take someone else that says, keep careful track and every single week, look at the amount you did last week and now do it a set to failure. Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to just stop because you get five when last week you got eight, but now you just on this morning feel like failing at that point. Right. But you have a goal in your head. So you have a reason to get this far and then it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. But I think if you did that, you, you the two people would be drastically apart in how many pull-ups they're doing at the end of six months. Just because the one person had that little mini goal each week when they looked at what right. they did the week before. Yeah. So yeah, I think I like that's that. that's a very, very tiny metaphor for something much bigger of having plans for your life. But I think that's really, we are goal-seeking creatures. We, we need that and we thrive when we have something mm-hmm. to shoot for rather than just, you know, aimlessly wander. Yeah. Good, Doug. All right. My last one is the one I think people will not like very much. Um, the general principle is in your life, have less noise and more signal, meaning don't pay attention to things that change and fluctuate and don't really matter. Pay attention to stuff that really does matter and is lasting. But this, the what this means is don't watch the news, do not pay attention to any news, and don't do social media. Those are the two things. Just stop doing them entirely. And, and you'll be fine. You don't need to know what's going on in the world. I know people will say, yes, you. I have to know what's going on. You don't. Nothing happens. You just you just don't pay attention to the news, and then you have that time back. You have that stress back in terms of you get that. You don't have to expend that stress. You, you stop having it, and it doesn't – I mean, your life doesn't get affected by you watching the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is definitely one where we differ and <laughs> we disagree. Um, but I will say that I have significantly changed – over the last five years, I've significantly changed the way I consume news. Um, from a 24-hour news cycle, you know, I was addicted to to the to the cycle that so many people are um, of just random noise mm-hmm. of the day uh, to to the news that you know I think matters more and and that that's much lasting stories that are lasting and that are uh, you know more important. <laughs> and right. I guess right. uh, um, you know. But I guess we do differ in the that how that I do think that it's important to know what's going on in the world, and I think that that's mm-hmm. an important part of being a part of the world and part of the community that we live in. Right. Um, but I understand it. I understand what you're saying for sure. Um, and and finding that balance, I think, is is crucial. Yeah. Right, so someone who's not going to go all the way, and but and this is was an intentional thing. This wasn't just like I I just wasn't I was kind of bored by the news, so I stopped watching it. I read a book. It was called Fooled by Randomness, one of my favorite books in the whole world. Uh, has nothing to do with fitness or diet, but but it's about sort of math stuff, but about how randomness really has a big impact on our lives and how much noise there is and stuff. Uh, and after that, I said, I am deliberately not going to watch the news anymore in the mornings, and I'm not going to look at newspapers or anything. And I just cut it out of my life, and it's been so much better since then. That's probably not for everybody, but I think, like you did, if you just slow down your news cycle, and, and let's say you paid attention instead of all day, you start paying attention one time per day. Right. Then at the end of the day, you get whatever stories you're getting at that point are probably the the more important ones of the day, rather than that this stock happens to be up three points right now, right. because by the end of the day it's not anymore, and that literally isn't news anymore. It just it just was noise. Yeah, uh, and I think if you can go to once a week, or even once a month, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not be quite as out of touch as I am, <laughs> but if you pay attention, if you if you read a a digest or a distillation of the news of the past month. You're getting mostly pure signal, right? There's no up and downs. You're just just right. getting the stuff that someone has decided this is what happened last month that was worth knowing about. So that's what I should do. I don't have a source for that, but if there is one, I'm happy to have suggestions. 
Yeah, well, I mean, so the approach that I take, and this is probably too much for you, but um, I used to subscribe to the paper and get a newspaper every single day, and that's that was a lot of noise, even though it was less less so than say watching CNN, where it's literally like every second it changes. Right. Um, uh, but then I switched to now I get the Sunday Times, which is much less of the news from the day before, and it's really the week's news mm-hmm. in a much uh, right. I think that's much better, much better, a much thorough, more thorough uh, newspaper. And and I think that and I and I read. I take the whole week to kind of read that because it is a lot of news, and um, I can be a little more selective as to what stories I read and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And then the social media stuff. Oh, I completely agree with you there. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not good at this. I, I'm right. not saying that I'm good at, at, at cutting out social media, but. I mean, there's just so much noise on social media, and there's so it's so easy to suck away half an hour of your time and and come out of that half hour having learned nothing and having and you're worse as a person because you've seen you just are more like the people who are on there sharing their dumb pictures and trying to get attention for themselves. Right. If if you spend an hour a day doing that, you're going to be affected by that. I'm sorry, you're going to become more like the people you hang out with, right? And if that's the way you hang out with people, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more like everyone else on social media, just clamoring for attention or whatever else people do on there. I don't know. But you should post one picture, or you should go to Rocker Gunner's Instagram. Yes, you should always do that. You should go picture. to Nomi Athlete Facebook. Nomi Athlete yep. Facebook. These yep. are the things you... These are the exceptions, of course. Of course, because we have no noise. It's all it's all very <laughs> right. important. It's stuff, all right. signal. <laughs> yes, and that's why I don't have a smartphone. I don't, I'm not... That's not a rule, don't have a smartphone. Because I'm even I'm kind of saying, like, okay, I'm falling behind. I probably need to eventually, you know, join the, the world. Well, you need a new phone for sure, because <laughs> yes, it's annoying as hell when, yes. <laughs> when you go in and out. Okay, hold up on... There it is. It doesn't even work very well. Um, but no, no, that's the manifestation for me of, of that stuff. That was I'm, I'm not good at, like I said, at some of the self-discipline stuff, but if I just get rid of the whole phone, then there is no more social media in my pocket, and, mm-hmm. and I can't. Otherwise, I would be flipping through Twitter all the time. Yeah. So that was just what I had to do to, to, to not have that. Okay, that's 15 rules. This was a departure maybe from our normal stuff because it was not at all really about fitness or food. Um, but this stuff's all in the background of, of those choices we make with fitness and food and, and some of them just barely related. So, uh, hope people appreciated the rules. By the way, someone emailed requesting, wondering where, what happened to Doug's did you know segment? Oh, so really? We've kind of, yeah, we've, so we maybe need to bring that back. We oh, fooled man. around with segments and then it didn't seem like anyone cared about them. So oh. maybe we'll bring those back though. Yeah. That great jingle. Oh, next time we are totally getting there. Doug's did you know back? We are. Thanks, listener. Good. Yes. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening to this. Hope you've enjoyed our 15 rules. We will do some more rules episodes if you give us some good feedback that says you liked rules episode. We'll do some that are specific to topics and uh, maybe have a little bit more to do with what we usually talk about. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.